0: Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job encourages us to walk by faith and not by sight. When the rest of the people think it's over, life is done,
1: they're buried in the grave, believers know, no, no, there's more to come. I'm still here because I know there's more to come. I see, I know enough to know that there's more on its way, there's more to come. And I'm expecting what's still on its way.
0: Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. Last week, Mark began a message titled, How to Walk by Faith and Not by Sight, and we're going to be picking up with part two of this lesson today. Now remember, if you ever miss one of these daily programs here on the radio, or you simply want to revisit a previous message, the place to go is boldstepsradio.org. Our website provides all of Mark's past teachings, along with several other resources, and we'll tell you more about those later in the program. Right now, let's join Mark Job for today's Bold Steps. The Bible tells us that sin
1: was introduced in the world, and when sin was introduced in the world, so was death. And have you ever wondered why, what theologians call the fall of man, why death was introduced at the same time that sin was introduced? It was the grace of God that did that. Because God didn't want us to live forever in a body of sin. As long as you're in this body, you will always struggle with sin and the sinful nature. The Bible says that everyone born since Adam on, except for Jesus, the second Adam, was born with a sin nature. The sin nature means that you have a proclivity to sin, that you have an inclination to sin. No one has to teach you to sin. You naturally know how to do it. It's innate in your nature. It's built into you. You have a fallen nature. You will be selfish. You will lie. You will be egotistical. You will be, you will sin. And until you die, you will struggle with that sinful nature. It's the grace of God and the mercy of God that allows your body to die because when your body dies, your mortal body, when it dies, the body of sin will be done away with. Now sometime in your life, if you know Christ, you've been born again. And when you're born again for the second time, now you have the new nature fighting against the old nature. The old nature is being crucified but the old nature likes to raise its head and battle against the new nature. Have you felt it inside of you, the battle between the flesh and the spirit, the new you and the old you? Do you feel it at times? Listen, that battle will continue on until the day that you die because you have a body of sin, you are a mortal being, and by God's grace, he allows us to get shed our body of sin And one day you will have a glorified body that has no sin nature, that's made in the image of Christ. You will be made like Jesus into his image. No sin, no mortality in the perfect, beautiful presence of the almighty God. And Paul says, remember that. And then he goes on to say, Therefore, We are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Can I tell you this? When you walk by faith and not by sight, you gain confidence. Confidence about what? About the future. If you live by sight, you live with doubt and uncertainty. Because you're not confident about that which you cannot touch or see with the biological naked eye. If you live depending on your own works, you are not confident. Can I be up front with you and just honest? I have the absolute confidence that the moment that I die and I breathe my last breath and my heart stops beating and this body goes brain dead, that I will be immediately transported to the presence of God. You say, yeah, you're a pastor and you pray a lot and read the Bible, so yeah. No, 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 it has nothing to do. In me, that wouldn't be, I would be very, very unconfident. I am confident not because of me. I am confident because of Jesus and what he's done for me. I am confident because Jesus died on a cross and paid a price that I couldn't pay and I received and I've been washed and cleansed. I sin, fall, and fail on a regular basis. My heart is still battles evil and the flesh like every other person. I am not confident in myself. I am confident in the work that Jesus has done for me. I am confident. And as a believer in Jesus Christ, I want to tell you, that as you approach the doors of death, there should not be this uncertainty, this anxiety, this fear of what's going to happen afterwards. There should be this confident assurance that I, although I can't see it, I know it's coming. Because I am confident of what Jesus has done for me. And so the more we walk by faith and not by sight, the greater confidence that we have. You say, Pastor, well, what if I sin right before I die? What if I'm driving down I-55 and a truck driver cuts me off and I swear at him because I'm having a bad day and I get blindsided and then die and I've died with a swear word in my mouth, what's going to happen to my soul? Good question. If you are a believer in Jesus that has the sealing of the Holy Spirit Let me tell you exactly what will happen. You will go directly from I-55 to the presence of the Most High God. You say, well, what about my sin? You see, Jesus washes our sin past, present, and future. We are not counting and tabulating sins. That's why some people try to get their last rites. They want to have their last confession. They want to make sure right before they die, they get everything out of their system so that they don't die with any sin. Listen, that is, a, that is a sin maintenance mentality. We are under the grace of Jesus Christ, under the blood of Jesus Christ. He has paid for the price, all of our sin and what we've done. And so we live with great confidence in the work that Jesus Christ has done for us. And so the Bible says, as Paul said, with great confidence, with great confidence. You know, some of you are battling, some of you younger folks are battling between Marvel and DC. There's a big battle here. But those of you that appreciate Marvel movies, the superhero Marvel movies, any Marvel movie? All right. Well, then you'll know that if you're not a real strong Marvel movie fan, that as soon as the movie's over, you get up and walk away. But the real Marvel movie fans, they stay seated. Why? Oh, because after the scrolling of the names, they understand there's more to come. They understand that there's a special edition. They understand that that there's always a bonus in there. And so when most people think it's over, the real fans, the ones that really know, they stay seated because, hey, they know there's more to come. Listen, the believers in Jesus are a little bit like that. When the rest of the people think it's over, life is done, they're buried in the grave. Believers know, no, no, there's more to come. I'm still here because I know there's more to come. I see, I know enough to know that there's more on its way, there's more to come. And I'm expecting what's still on its way. And so he tells us, for we live by faith and not by sight, we are confident, I say, and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. And lastly, number three, not only when we walk by faith, we see beyond the temporary nature of life, we become confident about our future, and number three, we become motivated to live for what really matters most. In verse 9, the Apostle Paul says, so we make it our goal. Why? Because we know life is temporary. Why? Because we have the deposit of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we know that one day we're going to stand before God and give an account for our life. So we're motivated, we're driven to live for something that matters in life. Not just to live life, but to live life for something bigger. For the purposes of God. So we make it our goal to please Him. Not to be people pleasers, but to please God. Time out here. Some of you live a lot of your life trying to please people. Some of you live a lot of your life being people pleasers. That's going to burn. Ultimately, the main objective in life is to please God.
0: And we're going to hear more from Mark Job in just a moment here on Bold Steps, today's message. But since it's a Monday, Mark, I want to recap some of the highlights from the Bold Stepper Weekly that many listeners receive this morning.
1: Yeah, you know, there's a great story in the Bold Stepper Weekly uh, of a couple, Ruben and Maricela, uh, from Mexico that were in the U.S., started listening to the radio, and my message, the Bold Step message, because they wanted to learn English, improve their English. Uh Well, in the process of listening to the message, they actually gave their lives to Christ. (laughs) And uh, they moved back to Mexico, but specifically looked for a city where we had a church in Querétaro, Mexico. And recently, uh, one of the pastors sent me a picture with them and said, Hey, this couple came to Christ in the U.S., Went back to Mexico to plug into a Christian church there. Is that right? I thought, wow, what a powerful, the gospel's powerful.
0: Yeah. And you just never know how God's going to use a few words on the radio to change someone's life like that.
1: You huh? never know. Trying to learn English, but you <laughs> hear the message of the gospel and come to Jesus. That's the way that God works.
0: Well, if you got the Bold Stepper Weekly this morning, you know the story because you read about it. But if you've not received it, uh, why don't you sign up so you don't miss future editions of the Bold Stepper Weekly, which is published every Monday morning and comes automatically to your email inbox. Sign up at boldstepsradio.org. Look for the Bold Stepper Weekly. There's great content there and uh devotional to get you off to a great start on your week as well. Now, the final half of today's message on bold steps, how to walk by faith and not by sight. Once again, here's Mark.
1: So he says, we make it our goal in life to please him, whether we are home in the body or away from it, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each of us may receive what is due us for the things that he's done while in the body, whether good or bad. Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others as well. Now Paul introduces the last concept here. The idea that we will all one day, when we've run the race of life, stand before a judge and give account for our lives. Now, the idea of judgment is scary for most of us. None of us want to stand before a judge. If you rewind your life and play it back from the beginning, there would be chapters in your life that you would want to edit out, that you would be ashamed of, that you wouldn't want anybody to see. And imagine not just what is seen on the outside, but what is thought in your head, the attitudes of your heart. I mean, that's enough to make us all cringe a little bit. But what the Bible says is that one day every believer will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, The Bible talks a lot about various judgments. There's the judgment of the nations. There's the great white throne judgment. There's the lake of fire. And I'm going to simplify it individually. There's two primary judgments you need to think about. One is the great white throne judgment. And the second one is the judgment seat of Christ. The great white throne judgment is when the mass of humanity that has existed since the beginning of time will stand before God, God Almighty, before his throne and will be judged. This is a judgment for unbelievers. It's spoken about in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. The final judgment of unbelievers. After the millennium, before the new heaven and the new earth are created. At this judgment, believers from all ages are judged for their sins and consigned the penalty of their life. This is not to declare innocent or guilty. This is already, if you appear before the great white throne judgment, you are already guilty of having rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ and the payment for your sins. This is only about condemnation this is only about judgment. It's not about being guilty or innocent. If you are a believer and have the deposit of the Spirit inside of you, you will not appear before that judgment. You will, however, appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, it talks about it in other places in Scripture. The judgment seat of Christ is for the resurrected believers, the raptured, resurrected believers that will be judged for their works. Sin is not in view here as it was paid for Christ in full, but it's about how you lived your life as a believer for God. This is about rewards, not about punishment. Not every believer has lived their life before God the same way. Uh, you, may be, you may have come to Christ, but really not lived your life fully, fully, fully surrendered and consecrated to Christ as a believer. This is about rewards. Our life will come before us, and Christ who has forgiven us, we will have to give an account for our lives. Can I tell you this? I believe there'll be a lot of people with the highest rewards that we don't even know their names. I'm pretty convinced it's not going to be the names of Christian celebrities that you see highlighted. I think it's going to be the faithful people that have lived for Jesus, paid a price, sacrificed, not given in, loved God. I believe that some of the greatest heroes in glory will be people that we never knew them. We've never heard of them. They've never written books. They don't have podcasts. But are some of the people that have lived with innocent, faithful, sacrificial, loving God with all their heart, spirit, soul, and mind. This will be about faithfulness. This will be about willingness to to live for God, no matter what the price is. Let me close with this story. In 1952, a young woman by the name of Florence Chadwick stepped into the waters of the Pacific Ocean off of Catalina Island, determined to swim 26 miles to the California shore. She had already been the first woman to swim the English canal both ways. When she stepped into the water on that day, the water was chilly, the weather was foggy. She could hardly see the boats that accompanied her along the side. Still, she swam and swam and swam one hour. Five hours, seven hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, 15 hours into her swim. Finally, exhausted physically, emotionally, depleted, freezing, barely able to put one arm over the other, she finally said, take me out, take me out, I I can't do it anymore. When she was taken out of the boat, she discovered that the shoreline was less than half a mile away. At the news conference the next day, she said, all I could see was the fog. I think if I could have seen the shore, I would have made it. Listen, two months later, she attempted the feat again. This time the same thing happened. It was misty, it was foggy, and she swam. She couldn't see the shore, but in her mind, now she knew, I can't see it, but it's there. She kept reminding herself, I can't see it, but it's there. I I can't see it yet. Keep going because it's there. It's not that far off. I'm not going to give up this time. I can't see it. My mind says it's never going to come, but I know it's there. I'm going to keep swimming. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to make it. And this time, she made it. She broke the men's record by two hours because this time, she reminded herself, I can't see it, but I know it's there. I'm talking to some, someone that's here today, that you've been depleted, run out of energy, you're walking by sight and not by faith, and it's you're getting tired of obeying, tired of loving, tired of forgiving, tired of hanging on, tired of doing what's right, and you know what? You're about to give up because you can't see you can't see it, but I want to I remind you, hey, you may not be able to see it, but it's there and it's coming. Keep going, keep persevering, keep pressing on, keep pushing in. Hey, you can't see it, but it's coming. It's closer than what you think, and one day you will say, thank you that I didn't give up. Thank you that I persevered. Thank you, God, that I'm living by faith and not by sight. Yeah, I hope that message stirred your heart. I'm talking to someone right now that you are on the very brink of giving up. Mm -hmm. In fact, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your purity walk, maybe it's your uh, involvement in your community of faith, Um, I don't know what it is, but if you're on the brink of giving up because you're tired, it's been a long journey, and you cannot see the shore, I want to remind you, the fog may be thick, but we do not live by sight. We live by faith. And I believe that the God that puts you in the water will sustain you until you reach the shore in obedience. So my encouragement to you is keep persevering. Keep doing what's right. I know you're tired, but keeps doing what's right. I'm going to pray for you right now because I know that some of you say, Pastor Mark, I can't go another day. I am so tired. But I believe that the grace of God can empower you to continue to do what's right before the eyes of God. So, Father, I pray for that man, that woman right now that is extremely, extremely exhausted, emotionally, physically, spiritually depleted. And God, they're saying, I I, I just can't keep going. But I believe, Lord Jesus, that what you've called us to do, you empower us to do. And so I pray for that person, God, that you would give them an extra measure of grace to keep loving God. I pray for that person that you'd give them an extra measure of grace to keep doing what's right in obedience, even though they're not seeing the results that they expected. I pray in Jesus' name for that person that uh, is about to give in to temptation, that you would empower them, God, to continue to resist temptation, Father. I pray that we would live by faith and not by sight.
0: All right. Thank you, Mark. And today we did reach the end of your message, How to Walk by Faith and Not by Sight. Now, if you missed any of this two-part lesson, be sure to catch up when you can by going to our website at boldstepsradio.org. There you'll also find several handy resources that cover a range of topics in faith-building steps, including our latest bold action gift, The Kingdom Agenda, a book by Dr. Tony Evans that will push you towards an eternal perspective and help you think differently about your life your relationships and your walk with the Lord. In a time when politics and government actions seem to be at the forefront of our minds, this book encourages us to see the bigger picture of what God is doing through His church and the Holy Spirit. So if you're exhausted from all the headlines promoting fear and division and worldly agendas, request your copy of The Kingdom Agenda so you can refocus on the biblical news that we're meant to be following. This refreshing, bold step gift we sent to you when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. Just visit us online at boldstepsradio.org or call us at 844 615 7363. Once again, the phone number 844 615 7363 or send your donation in the mail by writing to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And a final reminder if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your phone or mobile device and Take these Bible lessons with you wherever you go. Just open up the podcast app on your smart device and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job and tap the subscribe button. I'm Wayne Shepherd. That's our time for today, but make sure you don't miss tomorrow's program where Mark will be unveiling a surprising truth about the power of weakness. Find out more Tuesday on Bold Steps with Mark Job. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.